to Life is for the Living, a podcast where we talk to people in their late 60s and older about their lives, lessons they have learned, and any advice they might have. I'm your host, Rebecca Richman. In this, our inaugural season, we will be focusing on a group of Quakers or ex-Quakers that all went at some point in time to the Las Cruces Friends meeting in New Mexico. For those of you who may not be familiar with the Religious Society of Friends, usually referred to as Quakers, it is a Protestant sect of Christianity that was founded in the 1600s in England. The main principles of Quakerism is that there is the light of God or that of God in everyone. From that comes the four Quaker testimonies of equality, simplicity, peace, and truth. In short, Quakers believe that all humans are equal, that you should live simply, that you should practice nonviolence, and always tell the truth because the truth is holy. We will dig more into Quakerism in a later episode, but in this episode, we're going to get to know our five guests and learn a little bit about their lives. I should mention in full disclosure, I grew up in the Las Cruces meeting, which is how I know all of our guests, and one of the guests is my dad. Also, as this was recorded during the pandemic, and we had to make do with whatever audio devices the guests had, the sound quality is not always that great. But now let's get to know our guests. First off, let's meet Tim and Vicki, a married couple. My name is Timothy Phipps Reed, and I am 77 and three quarters years old. I am five foot 11 inches tall, white male, cute as a bug's ear. Um, how would I describe myself as uh, a radical, screaming left radical? So I'm so left, I'm right. Tim has held a number of jobs, including working in construction and teaching at a community college. He is also an artist and works in ink, color pencil, and lino cut, among other media. Vicki teaches math at the same community college, which is how they met. Vicki Aldrich, and I'm 69 and a half. I guess I'm a short European-American woman. Um, and right now I'd probably describe myself as semi-retired uh, educator, um, trying to be a writer. <laughs> I think that's, that would be it. Both Tim and Vicki are deeply involved in a number of social justice causes and peace activism. Passion of my life, uh, the doing of art and the pursuit of uh, social democrats and pursuit of the Wobblies. And Wobblies being the nickname for the Industrial Workers of the World Union, a pro-labor organization. Groups like that that I've been involved with. And, and uh, witnessing for conscientious objectors and doing what I could to resist war. Well, Vicky would like to be remembered for. Well, let's see. I would think maybe for some community building, you know, within the friends meetings and, and stuff, and, uh, and peace, act, peace activism, I think, and hopefully as a good, as a good parent. Well, I think we all kind of have a purpose. I mean, I have things that I, I tend to focus a lot on personal growth. And um, I don't know if that's a, a purpose. I always was struck that your, that your mother 
felt relationships were very important. And I've come to see relationships as extremely important since as I get older, I see more that our relationships with one another are very important. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't feel like I was God's gift to the planet to teach people math or anything. So, <laughs> oh yeah, and, and hopefully I'd be remembered too as a good, a good teacher, um, a supportive person. I like it when you go to a restaurant. Every so often, I'll be somewhere, and people will say, "I had you. You taught me this math in this math class." And they're really happy and they're doing well in their life and they got a job and everything. So that's always makes you feel good. Next up, let's meet Marsha. Well, my name is Marsha Anderson and I'm 76 years old. And she views herself as? Oh, how would you describe yourself? I said, what I wrote down was organized, funny, a reader, not a watcher, occasionally articulate. Marsha is a retired first grade school teacher, although her path to that was not straightforward. She started out going to college, but didn't find it a good fit, and so left to California to help her sister out with her new baby. I was going to California, and I took the money that I would have used for tuition by a train ticket. So I took the train to California, and wasn't much help. Decided needed to get a job, and I did. Then I decided I didn't like being a file clerk. I needed to go back to school and got a degree and met Kurt, got married, and it didn't work for the next 20 years. I started working at Alpha School. The head teacher had quit, and I really liked the lady that that she worked with, but she didn't have an education degree. And uh, she had a friend of mine who was temporarily worked there, and then she decided to go back to school. And she said, why don't you apply for the job? And I thought, well, I'm I'm not a teacher. I never wanted to be a teacher, but I started and then I started taking early childhood classes and went went part time for quite a while and, and taught there and then went back uh, full time for about a year to get my master's and, and get a teaching degree and started teaching and taught first grade for 17 years and eventually retired. I'm not minding not working with kids right now. So <laughs> keeping myself busy, not sure doing what, but I managed to keep busy. So anyway, I'm, I'm not unhappy with the trajectory of my life. And who knows what will happen now? You know, I'd, I'd like to do more traveling, but we're not traveling. We're not even, I don't think we're even going to go to Alabama for Christmas. It's just too risky. Next up, let's meet Al. My name is Al Galves. I, I say Al Galves, Albert, Albert Galves. I'm 80 years old. Al has had many occupations and hobbies over his life. I mean, I've been a professional singer, an actor. I'm an athlete. I'm a writer. Um, I'm a therapist. That last one, therapist, is probably the most important thing to remember about Al in the upcoming episodes as it really determines how he sees the world. Al is also very devoted to playing sports. Oh, I, I, Sports were big for me. Uh, I started playing with balls when I was about seven years old, and that's really what I wanted to do. I mean, if, it, if I had free time and it was left to me to do whatever I wanted to do was to play with a ball. And uh, I played all kinds of balls. Uh, we used to have little spalding balls. And uh, 
We play stickball, punchball, uh, what they call stoop ball, uh, all kinds of ball games. And uh, I started playing tennis when I was 10 years old. My father was a tennis player. Uh, then I played uh, in high school. I played baseball and basketball. I didn't play much basketball. I sat on the bench. He then went to Cornell for university. But when he tried out for the basketball team, he was told he could make the team but would not play in the games. He said no, which meant that he also got cut from the baseball team. That changed my whole college career. Had I said yes, I would have been with a whole different bunch of men. I would have been in a different fraternity. I would have had a totally different, not totally different, I had a different college experience. And I would have played baseball because he was the baseball coach. And I got cut from the baseball team. The last guy cut. And lastly, meet my dad, Dave. Uh, David Bruce Richmond. And I am very close to 78. I'm an old academic. I guess that's about all you can say. I will mail up an academic field biologist. And you can tell because I'm pretty scruffy. Dave has a big bushy white beard, a bald head, and usually wears t-shirts with animals on them. He is a retired professor of entomology and arachnology, that's insects and spiders to most of us, and among his many hobbies are mycostrophy, astronomy, birdwatching, collecting diatoms, preserving the local marsh, painting, writing, giving presentations about evolution while dressed up as Darwin, and lastly, genealogy. He has, of course, studied our family. As I'd like to say to people, our, my ancestors were mostly draft dodgers and Quakers. Obviously, my great-great-grandfather left Germany to dodge the draft, wisely because he would have been impressed in the Franco-Prussian War. Before getting down to the specifics of our lives, I asked our guests their thoughts on getting old and whether or not they feel old, and found that each had their own take on it. Both Dad and Dave didn't feel mentally old, but did feel physically old. Uh, when, well, it depends on what you're talking about. But if you're saying what I'm thinking, now I don't think like that I'm old. But when I get up uh, and start walking around and I feel the aches and pains that you have at this age, then I do feel old. But and I also feel old when I'm reminded that uh, most of the People these days wouldn't know who I'm talking about when I'm talking about people who are very popular or known during my teens. So, you know, it's hard to find anybody who these days knows what the King, who the Kingston Trio was or the Brothers Four or the Chad Mitchell Trio or any of those people who I grew up with. So that makes me feel old. Uh, my biggest regret? I'm getting older, having a young mind, young body. Well, I got a young body desire and a young mind, and I've got this old body to go with it. Well, Al fully feels his age. Yeah, I do. I feel old, and and I think I'm pretty well preserved for my age. I still play tennis, you know. I still have my wits about me, uh, but I do feel old. Yes. And and actually, I'm I'm happy about that. You know, I mean, uh, I think uh, one of the uh, things that might make death easier to accept is is just being ready. You know, actually being at a point and saying, 
I've done it. You know, I've done what I can do, and um, I think I'm ready to go. Marsha's biggest worry about getting old is losing her memory. Well, what I don't like about feeling old is my memory is <clears throat> does give me problems, and I I can pretty much gloss over it, but I know it's there, and I don't like that. But uh, I worry a little bit. My mother was very would tell the same stories over and over again, and I think. I really don't want to get to that point. Um, and I don't know how, I know she lived at least to be 80. So maybe I'll get there. I don't know, but I hope not. Al was the most disappointed in his life. I mean, in some ways I'm disappointed with my life. Uh, although I think I've lived a really good life. I'm disappointed because I haven't been as big or as famous or as important, as as grand, as 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 I wanted to be, or as my, my mother uh, wanted me to be. I'm, re- I'm reminded of this story. It's a great story. I was at a conference, and a, and a guy was being introduced who had done a great work. This guy, and the introduction was an amazing introduction about all the things this guy had done. And he gets up and he says, all that, and still a disappointment to his mother. Well, Dad felt that he got everything he wanted, particularly given his rough childhood. The fact of the matter is I have had everything in life that I ever wanted, really. I never really wanted to be super rich. I never got super rich. never thought I was going to be super rich. I never got to be famous. That's fine. I don't really want to be famous. Um, fame is a fleeting thing, and it's uh, sometimes more trouble than it's worth. So that was just as well. So um, I I think everything worked out pretty well. I never thought I'd ever marry. When I was 20 years old, I wouldn't have given two cents for my survival or being able to do anything. But between the time I was 20 and the time I was 34, I went to college and got a, a... Associate in Arts degree, I got a bachelor's degree, I got a master's degree, I got a PhD, and I got married. That was uh, quite a jump. And that's it for this episode of Life is for the Living. In the next episode, we will dive into our guests' experience in childhood, so hope to see you then. In the meantime, I will let Vicki have the last word. I used to say I wanted to get a bumper sticker that says something like, we're, we're slow and wild. <laughs> wild and slow. Uh, maybe old, but uh, we don't, uh, doesn't keep us from having a good time. <laughs> the Life is for the Living podcast is written by me, Rebecca Richman, and produced by Marco Berlo. Thanks for listening.